You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name's Matt Gunn, joined today by Greg Kiefer. Greg, how are you today? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you? I am great. Just waiting for the weather to warm up, but I guess as they say, April showers bring May flowers. That's right. That's right. We're about to have a very colorful world for the next 30 days. <laughs> I sure hope so. Speaking of waiting for things and uh, expecting arrivals to come your way, you've got a really interesting survey that you've conducted with YouGov recently. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So we've covered you know supply chain for a lot of years, as you know, talk a lot about it on this program. And, you know, one of the things that's been happening, it's well documented, you know, what's going on in uh, retail with Amazon and e-commerce and how it's kind of wiping out bricks and mortar retail all over the place. But, you know, what we're beginning to see is that the Amazon effect, you know, the notion that consumers are conditioned to be able to get anything they want the same day or the next day, you know, is a supply chain issue that's beginning to permeate beyond just retail, and it's really becoming more part of the brand. So we decided to go out and survey thousands of consumers in the United States, UK, Germany, and France to get a sense of what kind of expectations do they have when they buy goods, not just retail. And the findings were somewhat stunning, in my opinion. You know, I think the big key thing is that roughly eight out of 10 people surveyed expect some level of supply chain visibility when they buy something. And if they don't get it, they're going to switch brands. And that's pretty shocking. You know, when you think about that across all demographics, you know, in multiple countries, think about that. 80% of people have this level of expectation that we, we know most supply chains probably can't meet today. That's an interesting thing. And breaking down those survey numbers, because I've seen a, a little bit of the report now ahead of time, but it's not just estimated time of arrival. They want visibility about where that product is in the world on its way to their doorstep or wherever it's being delivered. Why do you think that aspect is starting to matter, that real visibility into the status of a product and where it is in the world? Well, again, you know, they've been conditioned by FedEx, DHL, UPS parcel shipments, right? You know, the, the fact of the matter is if you order something through e-commerce, most of the time you're going to get a lot of that information. And so, you know, it's just an expectation. It's a symptom of the I want it now and I want all this information around it. You know, we really have become information hounds with mobile devices and social media. So while it doesn't surprise me that people want that information, you know, as you note, Matt, you know, 49% you know, one ETA and another 29% want to know the location of it. And I think that's just a byproduct that we are becoming more of an information-based society. And I just think that people probably don't realize how hard it is to get that kind of information. And they're ultimately going to hold brands accountable to be able to provide that. And we know that most brands can't even do it for their own operations, there was a survey that we found that was done by Geodis, which is a big uh, logistics provider. So this Geodis survey that looked at opinions from 623 executives around the world found that only 6% of companies believe they've achieved full supply chain visibility. So you see the, the difference there, right? 6% say they have it, 80% of people want it. And if they don't get it, they're gonna go somewhere else. And I think that's something that is a brand issue. We're seeing supply chain visibility move beyond uh, how do I operate more efficiently? How do I take costs out to full-blown customer experience? Yeah, and I think you make a great point there, that not just the Amazon effect or the fact that consumers have been conditioned to this, 
but it really is something that impacts the company, the enterprise, much farther upstream. Now, to a consumer, they care about that last mile, right? They want to know where it is between a fulfillment center, a DC, or a store to their door. And that's pretty simple. But the implications farther upstream, to be able to see where that inventory is available, the ready-to-promise inventory out there, and then get it positioned in such a way that they're not also breaking the bank, getting it to those people within their estimated time of delivery matters. Now, you dove into specific industries that go beyond what we would traditionally expect, the retail or fashion side of things, and saw that these trends do apply across the board. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's interesting. I mean, groceries is number one, you know, followed closely by household products, kind of the day-to-day stuff. But you quickly get into fashion and footwear. Okay, I could see how that would be the case. But then it's like health and beauty products, high-tech and electronics and furniture, where, you know, 50, 40, 30% of people are saying, if I can't get the product when I expect it, which is very quickly, I'm going to switch brands. We even found that automotive made the list. So people, when they buy a car or maybe car parts, it's lower, but it's on the list. So this is no longer about pure retail e-commerce. You're seeing it across the board. And what I find really interesting is that, you know, the higher scoring areas were the day-to-day commodities, you know, groceries, right? It's so it's no longer, you know, the norm to go down to the corner market and buy avocados. You know, you want to order them online and have them delivered within a day or two. And, you know, that's pretty telling that it's expanding across different categories and the propensity to switch brands. Again, so this is a brand issue where supply chain and the brand are now hand in hand. Yeah, I think that was really the case. Now, you're right. Commodities, there are plenty of options to choose from. So, of course, when you cannot meet those expectations, it makes sense that people can easily switch gears. But I was surprised when you look at things that are more durable or more expensive, the furniture side of it, the electronic side of it, where, you know, sure, there seems to be a lot more brand loyalty still based on these numbers that people are not switching as easily. My guess is if you're an iPhone person, you're an iPhone person all the way, and you'll wait for it. But when it comes to all those other pieces, the periphery, the other aspects of electronics or furniture, you're not just sticking with a brand. So that is um, telling that it is affecting entire businesses. What's really interesting about that is that I was on a phone with some people we work with on the survey, and I was just saying, imagine that, that you go to a furniture store and buy a sofa. And it's not unrealistic to think that the sofa wouldn't be in the back room. You know, they got to go to get it out of a distribution center somewhere. But, you know, if that took a week, that's a problem. And I think that's really, really interesting. That's a really interesting dynamic. And the reason it's a problem is because they can get avocados overnight or they can get, you know, anything on Amazon delivered prime. So I just think that this is a, um, a situation that's only going to grow more intense. And as you said a minute ago, you can't just keep throwing more money at it. You know, you can't simply, you know, expedite every order that you get or you will go out of business. You will not be able to compete, right? So it really does go back to the foundational operational classic supply chain 101 where you've got to run a smart, lean supply chain that can scale, but you've also got to meet these crazy expectations that are being put forth. Yeah, indeed. And and when we talk about meeting these challenges, it's not any sort of single enterprise proposition. That retailer who's selling those groceries, those avocados, when they lose the business, you know, it's not just their fault all the time. It might be their 
service providers, whether it's the supplier or whether it's the delivery drivers. It seems to me that within this world, and especially trying to promote visibility and extend it all the way to your end consumer, that all of these businesses and trading partners are in it together. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think if you are a, uh, a service provider like a carrier or a, you know a third-party logistics provider or even a supplier, you're going to have higher performance standards that you're going to need to meet in order to win business. And I think that ultimately, that you know, the brand, you know, whether it's a furniture brand or a, or a grocery store retailer, are the ones that will pay the price but they're going to hold their partners accountable. So this screams that they get their ecosystems, you know, technologically enabled because ultimately the visibility piece that started this whole survey is what's going to allow them to stay up with these evolving expectations. If you can't see how can you possibly deliver the right product at the right price in 2 days. It's just very hard to do without that. Well, and the expectation is only getting faster all the time as we talk about uh, drones and in-city deliveries and courier services. It seems that this network is getting more complex all the time and the challenge isn't going away. To me, it seems uh, all of these brands, all of these industries, they should have a little bit of fear that the consumer is going to continue dictating more and more what happens in the supply chain in receiving the products that they want. And ultimately, there's a lot at stake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, right, for a lot of years, uh, you know, you and I, Matt, have been in supply chain for a lot of years. And the amount of money being spent in supply chain, if you talk about the, you know, the cost of goods all the way through delivery, consumes an immense amount of a company's revenue. So it's already a massive cost center. Now you weave in this, this whole piece where if that thing, which is huge and complex and global, doesn't perform you know, you lose business over it. You're going to lose to more agile, smaller upstarts. This has to be the number one priority for companies in terms of investment and focus, technology, because any failure in any one of these points, you know, it's going to be catastrophic. And again, we see it in retail, right? It, it's already happened where the, you know, a lot of big classic bricks and mortar companies have been wiped out. And all you have to do is see what's happened there and look across any category, and you can see where it's all headed. So I often wonder, you know, how much more will companies continue to invest in big planning systems, which has been where they focus for the past 30 years. And it really turns it around into what kind of execution systems can I have, which begin with visibility and a number of other related automation areas below that to make sure that you can keep up with this consumer market because everybody is informed. They're walking around with little computers in their pockets. And if I can't get my sofa to you in two days, I'll find somebody that can, right? And I think that's the new reality that we're going to be dealing with for the next decade or two. Yeah, it's really been an amazing transformation in that sense where the power has shifted and now brands are, are, are somewhat on the defensive. They no longer dictate exactly what the products are and when and how you can receive them as a consumer. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really interesting. We asked a question in the survey, which I found kind of just, we did it for fun. We asked people, do you know what supply chain is? Simple question, yes, no. And I wasn't quite sure how it would shake out. I thought maybe, you know, 30% would know or claim they knew. 
I mean, keep in mind, we're asking every demographic. So it's senior citizens to teens, right? Men, women, all over the countries. And 50% claim they knew, which I, was higher than I thought. You know, I didn't know what supply chain was until I started working in this industry. And I just think that that number's going to go up. We're going to ask that question again and again and again and see if it evolves. Yeah, and that's my sense is that people are, are becoming more aware of all of these things all the time as well. I feel like if you asked that question 10 years ago, the awareness would be much more limited. It just speaks to how much more information we all have access to now. All right, Greg. Well, this has been a great interview. Where can we go to find out more information on this study as well as a full version of the report? Well, the, f- the full version of the report is in the form of an infographic, which makes it very easy to read. And if you go to gtnexus.com, into, there's a resource library there. You can find it, which I think will be available also on social media and various other public channels, such as trade pubs and things like that. So we're going to be socializing this study beginning in, in mid-April and on through the year. And we'll be looking at it with different slices of information in different regions, et cetera. All right, great. Well, thank you for uh, joining the conversation today and letting us know about how much delivery and visibility matter to the consumer. Thanks for having me, Matt. All right. This has been another episode of Supply Chain Radio. I'm your host, Matt Gunn. Please do find us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. And if you have any tips or tricks, be sure to email us at scr.podcast at Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>